I want to speak a word of encouragement to you this evening. Uh, Paul says this in the book of Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5. So the word says, Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Paul is saying these words to encourage the church in Thessalonica concerning the end times. And he tells them not to be shaken, not to be troubled concerning the things that are about to come. They had been taught up to that point that the coming of the lawless one was according to scriptures and God had darkened their minds that they will not hear and they will not understand those who oppose the gospel of Christ. And so the events that were to soon follow were events that would trouble many who are not stable in their faith. The coming of the lawless one speaks of that in chapter 2, verse 9. And uh, the unrighteous, uh, uh, with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, and God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. But he tells the church in Thessalonica to hold firm, to stand firm, to hold in the traditions they have been taught by word or by the letter the traditions of Christ, and to hold on to them firmly because there will arise the spirit of Antichrist and a lot of false prophets and teachers who will work to mislead and to misguide their church out of the faith in Christ. And so he tells them to hold firm to what they have taught in word and in the letters. And then as he comes to chapter 3, he tells the church to pray for him so that the work of the gospel will continue with minimal to no hindrance. And as a parting word, he says, Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. We all know the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
so that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. The love of God, the heart of God is love. And the love of God is that men will receive salvation. That men will not perish in their sins, but receive life through Jesus Christ. God bankrupt heaven for your sake. Because your soul is so precious in his eyes. And the souls of many who are out there and lost. And so Jesus says there is sheep that is within the sheepfold and there is sheep that is outside that sheepfold that he needs to go and get. And we are the ones to do that because they are the apple of God. And so when Paul says, may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God, in other words, may God open our eyes to see what the love of God is all about. We didn't know what the love of God is. We didn't even know what to love. We love him because he first loved us. While we were still enemies, Christ died for our sake. When we barely knew what love is, he loved us relentlessly. Praise the name of the Lord. And in the same, same manner, he loves those who are still lost out there. And so to know the love of God is to know the desire of God concerning the people who are lost. That he will rejoice when he goes and he gets them back to the shipfold. Now, may the Lord guide you into the love of God. You cannot guide yourself. The word of God says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, that it is he who works in you both to will and to do. Both to will and to do. And so the Spirit of God is working in you to give you the ability to be willing and to do that which he has called us to do. It is he who guides you. The word of God says that he directs the steps of righteous men. If you acknowledge him in all your ways, if you trust him and you acknowledge him in all your ways, he will direct your paths and he will make them straight that you will know that the desire of God is for all men to receive salvation. Just as you were once in darkness and now you are called out of darkness into the marvelous light, so are many who are out there still in the dark and God desires that they see the light of Christ. And for that to happen, then you require the patience of Christ, which still is the Lord who directs you into it. And so looking into it in its entirety, now may the God direct your hearts into the love of God 
and into the patience of Christ. In order to know the love of God, you must know the patience of Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. You must know the patience of Christ. And so what is the patience of Christ? In a different version, uh, NIV says uh, Christ perseverance. Uh, NLT calls it the patient endurance that comes from Christ. And so in other words, to know or the Lord to direct you into the love of God and into the patient endurance of Christ. Now, in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 12, the word of God says this, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, now, these witnesses are the witnesses that have been described in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, who the word of God says that they saw the promise from afar, and therefore they endured, holding steadfastly to the faith they had in Christ, because they saw the promise from afar. In that, in, in, in that promise, you and I were included. They saw us from afar. As a result, they endured and they held on firmly to their faith, irrespective of everything they were going through. They endured for your sake. They endured for the sake of our children. They endured for the sake of those who are lost, that they may see Christ through them. And they did not receive the crown, and so they are uh, a church that is waiting for us to also run our race, that we may join them, that they will, together with us, receive the crown of life. Amen. And so the word says, this cloud of witnesses is championing us. They are cheering you on in your journey of faith. They are encouraging you to hold firm, to endure the times, to be patient. To hold firmly to the promise of God. You are never alone. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, there is a cloud of witnesses championing you on. Telling you, hold on, stand firm. Continue running the race. Set your eyes on Christ. Don't lose hope. Keep going. We are here with you. Our heritage, the likes of Abraham, the likes of Isaac and Jacob, 
the likes of King David, the likes of Ezekiel and Isaiah, the likes of Jeremiah, and all these who held steadfast to their faith. Though they died without receiving the promise, they saw it from afar, and they are waiting for their reward. In their waiting, they are waiting together with us, even as we run the race on this side of heaven. That when we finish, we will join them and we'll continue championing our children to continue with the race. Amen. And so we are surrounded by this cloud of witnesses because they are there for us. Let us therefore lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down on the right hand of God, of the throne of God. And so this joy that was set before Christ, what is this joy? Amen. What is this joy? Jesus says elsewhere that I have food that you know not of, and my food is to do the will of the Father. What is the will of the Father? To reconcile man back to himself. And so Jesus says in the book of John chapter 3 that I did not come to the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. And as he was sent, so are we sent. But what motivated Jesus is to do the will of the Father. That was the joy. You are the joy that was set before him. You are the reason that Christ endured the cross and despised the shame. You and I, and many others who are outside the sheepfold. Amen. Say, I am the joy. I am the reason why Christ endured on the cross. I am the reason why Christ despised the shame. For my sake, he gave himself up for my sake. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, Paul talks of the same joy elsewhere. In the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 12 onwards. So Paul says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence, but on, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of the crooked and perverse 
generation among whom you shine as light in the world. Holding fast to the word of life so that I may rejoice. He's talking to the church in Philippians to hold firm so that now Paul may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Amen. And the question that I have for you and myself is this. What is my joy? What will I rejoice in? Will I rejoice in my accomplishments? Will I rejoice in my possessions? Will I rejoice in my reputation? No. But one thing I will rejoice in is when I see men and women walking freely. Because the word of God says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. My joy is to see men and women who were once lost, having their eyes opened and coming into the salvation of Christ. And not only that, my joy is to see them hold steadfast in their faith, walking with patience and endurance of Christ as they journey through this life. My joy is that their joy may be fulfilled. Actually, Jesus uses those words somewhere in the book of John. Uh, I'll tell you which verse in a minute. John chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus says, I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Amen? Because in this world you will have trouble, but do not fear, for I have overcome the world. Amen? And so your work of faith is not driven by the fear of going to hell. Your desire to go to heaven is not that you may escape going to hell. Amen? There are people whose main interest is to go to heaven. But that's not the reason why Christ died for us. Otherwise, if that was the will of God, then the minute you received Christ, you would have been dead so that you don't have a chance of continuing in sin. But that is not the case. Jesus prays in the book of John 17, and he says, I pray that you do not take them out of this world. You are not of this world, but don't take them out of this world because there are words that will come out of them for the sake of many who are still lost. That through your words, those who hear you will believe and come to the salvation of Christ. That is the joy of the Father. He is not in the business of counting our trespasses against us. He is not in the business of seeing how sinful you are. 
Rather, he is in the business of reconciling you to, Christ, to, to himself through Christ and others out there to Christ. Amen. And that is the joy. So Paul goes on to say, for the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly that I may be encouraged when I know your state. That I may be encouraged when I know your state. How well are you doing? He talks in different other books about hearing about the faith of the believers. And just by hearing, he is encouraged. When we hear what God is doing in your life, it encourages us. That is the value of the testimonies. Because testimonies reveal the power of God in you. Testimonies reveal the work of God in you. Because in every testimony that is shared, there is the spirit of prophecy. Praise God. And that's why in as much as many times when we share testimonies, we tell of what God has done for us, it is not to brag, but rather to reveal the power of God, because if he did it for me, then he can also do it for you. Praise the name of the Lord. And if he called you out of darkness into the magnificent light, then he is able to call your brother who is lost in sin. He is able to call your sister who is lost in sin. He is able to call your children who are lost in sin. He is able to call your parents who are lost in sin. He is able to call your neighbor. Amen. For we were once darkness, but now we are in the light. And that is the joy of Christ. And now that we are in the light, Paul says in the book of Ephesians, because you are children of the light, walk as children of the light. Walk as one who has light shining in him. In your conduct and in your words, may the light shine. It does not just shine for the sake of shining. The light shines so that people can see the way. Who are these who are supposed to see the way? People who are lost. Because they are groping in darkness. They are seeking for answers, but they don't know where to go. The church has an enormous responsibility to shine the light that shines upon her. To lead the way so that those who are lost may see the light and they may follow Christ through you. Now, that was the joy and is the joy of God, and it is the same joy that he has given you and I, so that now your joy will be complete when you see people who are around you receiving Christ because of your light. But that requires a lot of patience. Amen. Because sometimes we want to rush these things. And so Paul tells the Salonians that it is God who will guide you, not just into the love of God, but also to guide you in the patience of Christ. 
to understand that things don't work in your calendar. To understand that spiritual things don't work just because you have a sense of urgency. But rather to know the will of the Father. There are cases where he delays. Well, what we call delay to him is not delay. Amen? There are times God needs a man and he will wait until he finds a man, even if he takes a whole generation. And when he finds that man in you or through you, then he begins to move. Amen? And so sometimes we pray, trying to twist the arm of God to work according to our calendar. And we have a merciful God. He listens. Amen? And he says, just wait. You are not mature enough to handle the things you're asking for. When you're spiritually mature to handle the things you're asking for, then I will release them to you. Amen? That's why Anna, the wife of Elkanah, in as much as he prayed for a long time to have a child, she did not receive a child until an appointed time. Amen? That's why Christ did not come at the time when the children of Israel were expecting him to come. He came in accordance to God's calendar and in the way of God, not in the way of men. Praise God. And so, to understand the patience of Christ is to understand the calendar of God and to submit to the calendar of God. There are several things that the patience of Christ or the perseverance of Christ they t teaches us. Number one, they teach us the value of the word of God. The value of the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How much do you value the word of God? What are you willing to give up for the word of God? Amen. Because when you value the word of God, then you develop the capacity to trust that word. Amen. You develop the capacity to trust that word, because when that word comes, when God gives you a word, it will be tested. The word will test whether you will trust the word or you will look for other options. Because there will always be another way out. There will always be a shortcut because the enemy knows the word and it knows that if I provide a shortcut, then because of your personal desires, you will be tempted to take the shortcut and reject the word of God. That's what Adam did. And so how much do you value the word of God? So Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my word. Amen? You only keep things you value. 
you only keep things you. So how much do you value the word of God? When you place a higher value, the highest value to the word of God, then it will help you build endurance to run the race. The second thing endurance teaches you is to make the right choices. Amen? To make the right choices. Because again, there will be many other alternatives out there. But because you value the word of God, you shut the doors to all other choices and you choose to wait on God. And so David says, you alone I will wait on. Where does my help come from? My help does not come from men. My help does not come from Egypt. My help does not come from flesh or from things of this world. My help only comes from God. And so in Isaiah 30 and 31, woe unto those who trust in chariots, who go down to Egypt, who trust in chariots. Cast is a man who trusts in another man. Amen? The value of endurance. The value of endurance. And I know many of us can relate to this, especially if you've been through school. You have an exam you're studying for. Your body does not want to stay up late. Your eyes want to close down. Your mind or your brain is refusing to understand the contents of what you're studying for. But you push yourself through it. You endure through it. Night after night, when your peers are going out to have fun, you choose to isolate yourself so that you can study in order to pass that exam. Amen? And talking of the joy, because everything, behind everything successful, there is the joy. People don't graduate and they are gloomy. They, they don't even look forward to that diploma. They don't even look forward to finishing the school. They look forward to enjoy the joy of their success. That's why you find them parting as much as they can after they graduate. Amen? Or a wedding, for instance. The joy of the wedding. The wedding itself is tedious and cumbersome. But the joy behind you is, behind the wedding is what motivates people to go through it. Amen? The joy of your job. People look forward to paychecks so that they can enjoy the joy of receiving that money. Yet these are temporary. We have the joy of Christ in us that is deep-seated, secured in the work of Christ for us. We have the assurance of that, that that joy cannot be taken away. That joy is the source of our strength. And when we have the joy of the Lord in our hearts, no matter what we go through, it will never be taken away. You are able to rejoice even when 
on the outside, you're mourning and you're crying. You are able to rejoice even when that which you've asked God for, you have not received it yet. Amen. For the joy that was set before him, you and I, Christ saw us, and he was motivated to hold firm to his faith in his Father. Christ saw you and I, and it gave, them, gave him strength and courage to endure the cross, to carry the cross. He was mocked and he was ridiculed, but he endured through that because of you. You are the joy Christ died on the cross for. Amen? Because that joy was deep-seated in the heart of God that you will receive salvation through Christ. And so there is a joy that has been given to you by Christ. It is now your joy. He says, my joy I give to you. It is now your joy. And let that joy be fulfilled, be complete, when you speak the word of God through words and through your deeds so that those who hear you will also come to Christ and you will rejoice, your joy will be complete when you see them in Christ and when you see them walk steadfastly in their faith in Christ. So it's not just enough to invite them to Christ. Hold their hands and walk with them. Praise God. And walk with them. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and now he is seated on the right-hand side of the throne of God. And not only that, in the book of Colossians, he says, you are seated together with him in the heavenly places. Amen. You are seated together with him in the heavenly places. And so how many people in your life are you mentoring? How many people in your life are you holding their hands to walk with them? How many people in your life are learning the value of patient endurance? The things you're going through are not in vain. You're called to endure those things for the sake of others. And so we rejoice in the sufferings of Christ. We are invited to be partakers in the sufferings of Christ. Amen? There are many who will believe in Christ. There are many who will come into the salvation of Christ by virtue of listening to you 
and observing your ways. Amen. Let me take you to the book of Timothy. Chapter 1. The things that Paul was expressing to the church of Philippians, the suffering that he had to go through, and in the book of Corinthians, actually, he goes into much details concerning that. They were not just in vain. They were for a purpose. And so he says this to Timothy. I thank God, 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. He counted me faithful. He knew that I can endure if I trust him and hold steadfastly to his word. So he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it in it. I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, this is now where uh, I was heading to. For this reason, I obtained mercy that in me first, I obtained mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe in him. In me first. Praise God. In me that Christ may show a pattern of long-suffering, which includes enduring trials, enduring the fire. When people despise you and call you names, enduring all that, not holding it against them, but rather praying for them to be forgiven. Amen. In me first, a pattern will be developed. How long that pattern will take is known to God. And so I always say this, in every conflict, there is a purpose. Amen? But the conflict is not about the other person. The conflict is mostly about you. How will you express Christ? in a conflict or a conflicting situation. When two people argue, usually it's the flesh that is leading that argument. But those who have known to walk by the Spirit, they only say what the Spirit of God says to them. And so they know, according to the book of Proverbs, when to answer and when not to answer. 
Amen? Because wisdom is required so that you do not end up misrepresenting Christ to the person you're arguing with. Amen? And in many cases, it all points back to us because your patience is being tested. Because your peace is being tested. Are you going to lose your peace? Because your love will be tested. Your kindness, your goodness, your gentleness, all these will be tested. And I pray that when that test comes, that you will be found worthy. Praise God. That you will be found worthy. That you will not have misrepresented Christ in that situation. So in me first, develop me, grow me spiritually, mature me spiritually. Because there are people watching my behavior and my conduct. There are people watching how I respond to crisis. There are people watching how I respond to my wife and my children. There are people watching how I respond to people who are either intentionally persecuting me or unintentionally. My response to them ought to reveal Christ. Amen? And so, in the early stages, you might lose it, and that's okay. But because it's a pattern that is being developed, you mature. You used to get angry within five minutes of a conflict. One year down the line, it takes 10 minutes. One and a half year down the line, it takes 20 minutes. Amen? One year, or two years, or three years, or five years down the line, it will take a whole lot to get you angry. A whole lot. Meaning, you are not the person who gets easily angered. And isn't that how our Lord is? He's not a Lord who is easily angered. Because it is a pattern that is being developed. We are talking about the patience of Christ. A pattern that is being developed. Guided by the love of God. Amen. And so, my pray that this will always be in your mind. Because in this world, there will be a testing that will come time and time again. But with every test, let it be that you are proven to be worthy of the gospel of Christ that what will be found coming out of your lips is praiseworthy. Amen? That your heart will always be reflecting the heart of God. And the heart of God is love, reconciling man to himself. Amen? And so we run this race ahead of us with endurance, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus and Jesus alone, not unto man.
not unto me or unto Pastor Jacob, nor unto probably your favorite TV speaker, because those are men. Amen? But unto Jesus, only Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word this evening. You have called us to yourself, O oh Father. You have sent us here where we are. It is not by accident. We are here by your divine purpose. You have revealed to us your heart, O oh Lord. And day by day, you teach us the patience of Christ. I ask that you may enlarge us. I ask that you may enlarge our territories. You may enlarge our hearts, O oh Lord, to endure joyfully, to endure patiently whatever comes our way, knowing that the tests and the trials are designed to make us perfect and complete, lacking nothing. For many are counting on us to see you, O oh Lord. Give us courage to stand firm. And after standing, to remain standing to the glory of your name. I thank you for every one of us in this house today. May this word strengthen them. May this word lift their eyes towards you. May this word remind them that they are sitting together with you in the heavenly places right now. May this word open their hearts to you, O Lord, that they may run the race before them joyfully, not being perturbed by the happenings that are taking place around us, but rather being focused, gazing on you and you alone, the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you and we bless you. We bless Apostle and his family as they continue with the work in Seattle, O oh Lord, that you may strengthen them. The words that they will speak while they are there, those who will hear those words, that their hearts will be given to you, O oh Lord. For this is your joy, to see men come to light, the magnificent light of Jesus Christ. Not only that, but to walk firmly and steadfastly, looking unto you as well. We thank you and we bless you. In the name of Jesus, we pray and believe. Amen and amen. May God bless you. I don't know if you have any needs that we need to.